Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two, you mind tossing the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating interview and iTunes and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Jacob Dillon of The Wallflowers. Nothing is forever. There's got to be something better than in the middle. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 243. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the B-Dale Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a damn near 100-degree day here in St. Paul, Minnesota. The tree that blew down, hit a power line, and knocked out power in the entire neighborhood of St. Paul happened to be from my backyard. Thanks, Dad, for loaning me the chainsaw. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played my first official and legal show in Minnesota in a long, long time at the B-Dale Club. Social distance measures were in order, and folks seemed to be following them for the most part, thanks to all who came out and rocked the pavilion with me. Thursday, I played a solo show at Bistro 63 in Baronet, Wisconsin. Big shout out to Lou, who's been a longtime listener to the show. Thanks, man, for the feedback. Thanks for listening. And your impersonation of me doing the ID Chrysler ads was spot on. Saturday, I played a solo show at Mickey Joe's Mix-Up in Amory, Wisconsin. Buddy and previous podcast guest Sarge helped me with some singing and work on the crowd. It was a super fun summer evening in Scotty. Upcoming shows. Since this is the first week Minnesota's opening up in partial inside service, some shows are weather-dependent. But for sure, Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at the B-Dale Club in Rosedale slash St. Paul, Minnesota, Thursday, June 11th, 2020, from 6 to 9 p.m. And also Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin, Saturday, July 13th, from 7 to 10 p.m. is part one of two with Nashville singer-songwriter Stephanie Lambring. We talk the ins and outs of writing music in Nashville, her new album, Autonomy, and more. Enjoy the conversation. For a while I have believed that we could do it Playing house, playing nice to Stephanie Lambring, Nashville songwriter. Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How are you doing today, Thank Stephanie? You. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's uh, it's nice to see you again. I met Stephanie many years ago at a 
Barbara Cloyd Bluebird convention thing? What was that exactly? It was like Songwriters a songwriting do. songwriting workshop. Is that the right term? Yeah, songwriting workshop. Something like that. And we got to play our songs in front of a bunch of publishers and things like that and get our stuff ripped apart and everything else. <laughs> yeah. I did Destroy a bunch our of those. confidence. <laughs> so that's what it did for me. It totally ruined my confidence after I did those things for some reason. That's why I was so glad to hear that I was following Stephanie on Facebook and saw you had a new songs and albums. Like, oh, I haven't heard of her years, you know? So I clicked on it. I'm like, Oh man, I remember that singing voice. I remember that songwriting style. And I'm like, oh my God, this is spectacular. So I listened a bunch of times and and now we're in quarantine or whatever, stay in place here in Twin Cities. And I've been doing a lot of podcasts via Zoom and Facebook here. So I'm like, oh, let's just see if she wants to be in the show, talk about her stuff and catch up. So that's how this all came to be. Yeah, I've, I'm so glad to hear from you and I'm excited to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Because you ended up working for some publishing companies and doing some songwriting stuff. Did you ever go back and be one of those people that critiqued other people's songs and blew their confidence up? <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not get that privilege. <laughs> um, I don't think I, you know, I, I didn't have quite the credentials or the success to even be able to do that. So... Unfortunately, but also fortunately. <laughs> I agree. I'm sure you've done a bunch of them songwriter workshops and things like that. What's the worst thing anyone ever said to you in front of group critiquing a song of yours? Oh, in front of a group? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I remember the, the things that weren't in front of a group. That uh, works, too. That works too. Let's go with uh, let's go with that one. So it was probably around the time that I was doing the songwriting that that songwriting workshop. I was looking for publishing deals and meeting with various people. So same deal. Like you go and have a meeting. They listen to a couple songs, and um, one uh, one meeting I had with with the owner of the publishing company. Uh, I yeah, I was playing the songs. And she looked at me and she goes, you're sad. And I, you know, at, at that age, I was all about, oh, no, I promise I'm not sad. I'm just, I'm a happy person. I write sad songs. You know, and that that was something else I had to figure out for myself. That's a whole other thing. But then, like, she played the next song, a verse and a chorus. And then she pressed stop. And then she said, come on. We both know you could do better than that. What? And that was, yes. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, you don't even know me. But um, second, I, I mean, I don't even know what second. It was just shocking to me that she would jump to that conclusion. So she didn't think I was any good as a writer. But then she said, since I was a nice person, she wanted to set me up with this this other writer of hers. And we became friends. So there you go. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. That's absolutely yeah. crazy. I remember, yeah. I think my worst one was at one of those uh, uh, Bluebird things. 
I don't remember the publisher. Actually, I know exactly who the publisher is now. It comes <laughs> to my brain. It's starting to work back right now. I know exactly who it was. I'm not going to say it right now, but I played this song that I'd played at a bunch of weddings, I think, because I worked for a publishing company down there for years, wrote song, just did single songwriter contract stuff, nothing big, like whatever. And I had a line on it that said, you picked me up and turned my life around, which I thought just the most standard throwaway just love line song ever, whatever. And the lady's like, what kind of man are you that you need some woman to pick you up and turn you around? And I'm like, whoa. You picked me up and turned my life around. Since I met you, my feet haven't touched the ground. I love Sunday. I love sunshine. I love the cold. I just thought I was being nice. It, it is so interesting. Like, like obviously, you're, you're, you're striking a nerve with that person, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all about, it's more so what their reaction is, says way more about them than the song. But I, it's, I know, you encounter some crazy things. <laughs> Spending weekends gigging and hanging out at my family's cabin, watching Copper the Wonder Gold fish in the lake is a few of my favorite things about summer in Wisconsin. And some 45th Parallels border bourbon in a rocks glass goes right along with it. 45th Parallels, a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy. Slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible, and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. So when you're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians, try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. Your songs are very introspective. They seem to be in very uh, cool lyrics and poetic and doesn't seem to be very pop country, especially this new stuff in just my view. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of pop country anymore at all. So, yeah, but I remember I auditioned at a record label and for this president and he goes, I get done playing and he goes, you, you play music for people with teeth. We're trying to put on songs for music that don't have people that don't have teeth. Have you ever heard something like that down there? No, but that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a new one for me. Um, no, fortunately, once I got into the publishing world, I, I mean, the, the last company I was with was very left of center and kind of, uh, maybe sometimes to our detriment, uh, they really encouraged us to write whatever we wanted. But you always, you still feel this pressure, like, but I need something that's actually going to make money. It's a, it's a interesting balance. What is life like when you are? Because that was actually my dream for many, many years was being a songwriter for a publishing company. I pursued it for a big portion of my adult life. So you that actually got to live down there and do the was it BMG and Carnival you worked for? What is like a day to day thing like writing music for folks like that? Well, it, and it does vary a little bit by company, but, um, usually your song pluggers are in charge of your calendar. 
So they'll schedule you. For me, I was scheduled three or four co-writes a week, usually. Now, you'll have some people that are scheduled 10 co-writes a week. Like some people write with two people every day. Some people even do three. I could never do that. That was just, that is, that would, that was too much for me. And I never, sometimes I would write with two people, but they basically schedule you to write from at 10 a.m. and you usually come out with something by two or three. And um, we didn't get, some companies they have pitch lists. So you'll know if Carrie Underwood is going to be recording a, recording soon or if she's looking for songs. We should be drinking alone. or various artists. So I went to a lot of companies where I'd be writing with other other companies' writers, and we would have this list of people that were looking for songs, and sometimes we would create something with that in mind. Um, but I think the best songs come when you're just writing. Absolutely. Uh, writing something authentic. Um, but it can feel, for me, it like having co-write after co-write, you know, just kind of scrolling through your list of ideas. Um, it, it kind of every day trying to come up with something, it kind of got to a point where it felt like a machine for me. And, uh, that ultimately didn't work out for me. Do you get paid per songwriting session or is it all like, uh, what do you call that? Uh, uh, draw or whatever it is uh yeah it's called a draw so you have a year-long contract usually so you'll have a contract and then they'll have it'll last a year and then you'll have a couple options built in so if the company wants to keep you another year you'll get picked up that for that option so you'll be there another year but anyway you get paid a certain amount per year and you get that monthly and a typical publishing deal requires you to have 12 songs that are deemed cuttable. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so if you write with one other person and that song is deemed cuttable, that only counts as half a song because it, it is your percentage. It's your uh, writer percentage that goes to that total. So if I wrote the song by myself and it was deemed cuttable, um, that would count as an entire song. But uh, if I wrote it with two other people, that would only be a third. You, I mean, you know where I'm going with that. I absolutely do. I think my listeners yeah. are going to be fascinated with this. Typical publishing deals are set up. It's kind of like an investment in you. Like, because I got, you know, BMG and Carnival paid me every year. Um, I don't owe them the money back. Now, before I see any of the money from any any songs of mine, I have to recoup what they've spent on me. Like when you get hired as a, as a writer for a publishing company nowadays in Nashville, is that a full-time job? It's, it's like, considered a, a full-time. Uh, not really. <laughs> I think it depends. Um, Especially now, like with what I'm doing now, I don't know how I did it. I required more assistance. Um, you can't. You can get by. You just have to live a very, very scaled back lifestyle. 
it used to, there was more money in publishing deals. Like in the nineties, um, I think a lot of times first time publishing deals would be, would start out at 40 grand. Now don't quote, I, this may be off base. I remember hearing this once. I remember hearing this, that in the nineties, publishing deals would start out at like 40 grand now, or at least whenever I was getting into it, a really good first time publishing deal is 20 grand. Okay. And living in a city, and that's a really good one. And living in a city where the cost of living is going up. And again, like I've been out of the industry for like five years, so I'm not a hundred percent up on what everybody's making now. Yeah. But I would imagine that with the difficulty in, and getting money out of the music industry now, I don't think that the draws have probably gone up that much. My little nephew Harper said to me this weekend, you think we should play a song to get us pumped up for fishing? Maybe that's we didn't catch any fish this morning. So as I barreled down the dirt roads to our favorite river fishing spot, I blasted Bouncing Souls' Olay, and we did catch some monster bass. Just one of many cherished memories while cruising around the world in my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. When 250,000 miles in my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take, I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff couldn't have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple. Time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northbridge Court Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe spring season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. So when I last time I was working down there, they said why the publishing company was tough was because record labels went from making $15 off a CD to get, like, let's say you wanted to buy Achy Breaky Heart from Billy Ray Cyrus. You had to buy the whole CD. Nowadays, it's just portions of 99 cents off of iTunes or whatever. And so there's right. not enough money to pay for writers and publishers and things like that. That's when I started hitting this skid. So have you noticed that as well? Well, I came into the industry after buying CDs wasn't really a thing anymore. Like I, I signed my first deal in, in 2010, and people were still buying people were buying songs on iTunes. So yes, I came into it whenever people were able to buy the single songs, which definitely uh, made a difference. And now it's even harder because of streaming. On one hand, you can get so much exposure, and as a listener, you have so much at your fingertips. But on the other hand, they're having a hard time monetizing it adequately for songwriters and artists. Um, But I haven't... So I didn't really... I didn't have any stake in the music industry whenever it was more lucrative. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I can't really speak to that. (laughs) I've heard that a million streams on Spotify or, you know, a different uh, Apple music. I've heard that 4,000 or sorry, 1 million streams equals $4,000. Wow. 
like, I'm just trying to get a thousand streams here, you know? So like, I, I don't even want to know what that compute, you know, what that makes. Oh my God. I know you got to do it for the love of it. I think nowadays, maybe it just, you know, shoot for like really expressing yourself and getting through to people because I don't know, the, the achy breaky heart stuff is just tough. Yeah. It's, you can't predict it. You just have to do what's authentic for you and hope that it connects and, you know, and make art in as, in as authentic way as, as possible. How do you like living in Nashville? Because you moved in Nashville 2006, right? I was reading up yes. on you. And do you still yes. like living down there? Is it still a cool town? Being yeah. up here, it's it's getting more of the vibe of like a bachelorette party weekend. Like all the girls go down to Nashville for the weekend and look at all the Luke Bryan looking dudes and go to little bars. <laughs> is that kind of taken over? Is it still pretty old school country songwriter town? Or what's your take of Nashville nowadays? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it's definitely Bachelorette Central. I think it's the Bachelorette capital of this of the country. <laughs> if not, it's definitely top three. If it's not, but they call those like the Woo Girls, and yeah, I don't. Um, to me, that's not Nashville. Uh, th- that is a piece of what Nashville is, and there's something kind of endearing about it sometimes <laughs> if you have a couple drinks and then think about it, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think Nashville is all of the above, really. Um, there's the old country, then there's the new country, which a lot of people have opinions about. Um, I think it's all the things. I, I still like living there. There, I, my community is here. They're just great people. There's always something to do. There's amazing food. If people are going on tour, they come through Nashville, you know? Oh, so yeah. In that respect, I think it's a great place to live. Um, that said, like, you know, I've lived here almost, I've been here 14 years now, and that's crazy to me because before that I lived, you know, the only other place I've lived is southern Indiana. So every now and then I get this, like, itch to, I travel all the time. Like, that's been what I've done in these years since you know, stepping away from the music industry a little bit. So, um, yeah, but I still like Nashville a lot, but, um, yeah, it's a good place. (laughs) Um, are you gigging at all or doing much gigging? I'm not. Well, obviously right now I'm not. Um, (laughs) but I, I was hoping to, and like now that I'm releasing music, the goal was to be able to be playing some shows just to get that muscle, you know, going again and um i I want to be gigging but i'm just not right now when this record comes out in october do you think you put a little band together and do it live yeah that'd be sweet yes i i would love to um i want to do a an album release show definitely like around the time of the release so hoping that things will be safe enough by then to be able to do that Um, And then ideally, I'd love to hop on someone's tour as an opening act. Like, that's my dream. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's what I really want to do. So maybe you have done this. How come you never went downtown and just started jamming? Because you have such a beautiful singing voice and you're a pretty good guitar player. What kept you from going down there and and playing that whole, you know, working working man, blue collar gimmick down there doing the songs downtown? I think because my songs are too depressing. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you don't want to learn other, you don't want to sing a bunch of other stuff. Oh, like cover songs. You know, I'm not like uh, in my, in my high school years, I did my fair share of singing at country music shows. I did like little country operas that were, that's like little version. I don't know if you have them up there, but I don't know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be an underground circuit. Who knows? But mine, what it is, it's like the Grand Ole Opry, but on a much smaller scale. There'll be these little theaters with a house band, and you go and sing like five or six songs. So I did that all the time in high school. I did a bunch of talent competitions. So I think that by the time I started college and started songwriting, I was that was something I way more connected with. Like that's something that resonated more with me. So singing cover songs just kind of like fell to the wayside. It's fun for me. It's good to like to sing them. I'll sing them occasionally, obviously at weddings or like throw one into a show every now, every now and then, but I'm not the best belter. My range, I can sing, but my range is kind of limited. So I don't know. I just haven't really, I think I got a little burnout singing country covers in high school and then just kind of have stayed on my own stuff since then. I want to tell you all one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B. And Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is a fact. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always spectacular. JT is open for DoorDash and Grubhub, 5 to 9 p.m. The Bubba Burgers are my favorite, but all the stuff is great on the menu. You can also phone the club at 651-489-5386 to place an order and go pick it up. Not sure what they have planned for the partial inside opening starting this Wednesday, but I can't wait to be hanging back inside at the BDL Club. Because Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. I've been told that I've been talked about on these podcast ads, the Waller's Woodhill Cocktails, a Sun and Lock Hot Cakes, Karaoke, Live Music, Pool Table, Pool Tabs, Big O' Nights, Botch Ball Tournaments, and much, much more B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one, maybe even Wednesday. Have you ever, like, trailed off into other genres of music? As of late, I'm wearing a Funkadelic shirt. Like, lately, I'm really into, like, funky music. So my shows, I incorporate all kinds of different funk stuff to try to, like, enhance my resources for when I write songs and things. So yeah. do you stay specifically in the songwriter genre, or do you ever kind of, like, dabble in other types of music? You know, oh, I love a lot of different, I definitely, Americana is my happy zone and, and Americana is so broad. I realized that, but I've gotten more, more and more into like indie folk. And I don't know if that, I guess it's similar to Americana, but I can really go down that lane. Sometimes I'm listening to um, top 40 pop and I really connect to it sonically more so than lyrically. Um, but yeah, I'd say pop, folk americana i guess not i guess now that i'm saying it out loud nothing too crazy <laughs> but every now and then there's like a rap song that just captivates me or just like i'll find myself listening to no diggity from the 90s you i know, cover that song box. i love that song like i'll just find myself like listening to that on repeat for, you know, I just get in that mode. I, I definitely go back to 90s a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
jumping all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around. Cover much grounds, got game by the town. Getting like this past week, I've been listening to One Headlight by the Wallflowers on repeat. <laughs> I, so like at 90s is my happy place. Like that's whenever I fell in love with music. So, yeah, that's awesome here. I'll te- so one thing I learned recently, if you're ever playing guitar for friends or to campfire or something this summer and you have your guitar and you have a capo. Just put it on two, I think, and play E minor and go dun dun. That's the whole song for No Diggity. You can sing the whole thing, just go dun, and people just think it's the people think like you're playing, you know, uh, Stairway to Heaven backwards. You know, it's just dun dun. Mm-hmm. Try to get down, good long. I mean, it's easy, and you can just rattle rattle it off, and people just love it. It's the easiest song of all time. Oh my gosh, I am going to do that. Like as soon as we get off off the. Call. I'm going to do that. Didn't you do a Britney Spears thing? Yes. <laughs> what was that? I think I'm just remembering that. Yeah. Didn't you play cover uh, Britney Spears song for some talent show? Yeah. Well, okay. So Belmont, where I went to college, is a big music school. And um, I would usually enter the writer's showcase. And so I did that for a couple of years. But um one year, I decided to do the absolute opposite and do the cover showcase. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I ended up doing really well in that. But so I covered, I did an acoustic version of um, Hit Me Baby One More Time. So yes, you're remembering correctly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing about that was, so you, you have the showcase, and I so I was doing an acoustic version of "Hit Me Baby One More Time," um, kind of a knockoff of um, Tori Amos doing "Smells Like Teen Spirit." She has this awesome piano version of that, and then I did um, "My Favorite Mistake" by Sheryl Crow. So. I, you know, we had the ambiance all set up. It was, you know, 2,000 people were there, but I had strep throat. What? Like, <laughs> yes. And I could not. So the way it works is Belmont has like a showcase, for example, this is the cover showcase. There will be three or four artists, and then there's a winner of that. And then at the end of the year, you perform, it, the winner performs at the best of the best. So anyway. I was like, there is no way that this is going to happen because I couldn't sing. I I had this terrible case of strep throat that just would not kick. I had multiple courses of antibiotics. Anyway, so I realized I can't sing, so I have to be funny. So I sang, I'm doing air quotes right now for all of you that can't see me, which is everybody, but um, I I was singing as much as I could, and then I was just joking in between, and like, long story short, I ended up winning, and it pissed the other people off, because <laughs> they could actually sing and sounded awesome, but I think the judges heard the arrangement, and I was entertaining, because that's all I could do. And uh, so the video, if, if you've seen the video, that is from Best of the Best. That wasn't when I had strep throat. Is but it still out there on YouTube and stuff? I took it down just for, for now because I didn't want, since I'm relaunching music stuff, I didn't want 
I, I don't want there to be any confusion. I kind of want my yeah. most current stuff coming, but I'll, I will probably put it back out. I'll probably make <laughs> it public again after, you know, I have some more content, but I'm kind of rebuilding my YouTube life. So, oh my God. Yeah. For a while, I have believed that we could do it. Playing house, playing nice too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, in iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the B-Dale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life for short. Go have some fun. Till next time. <laughs>